Welcome to episode one of Tatum Talks with Kelvin Tatum and Ian Brannan and our special guest, fresh from winning two Speedway Grand Prix back-to-back, British sensation, Dan Bewley. Welcome along to Tatum Talks then. He's Kelvin Tatum, I'm Ian Brannan, and we have some great guests with you throughout what will be this new series. We're just going to see how it goes. There's no formal plan as to when we're going to release them. It won't necessarily be every week, uh, but when there's something to say, Tatum will talk. And it's uh, it's great to have you back on your own podcast, Kelvin. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Ian. I, um, we did one or two before when I was working with Nigel, and uh, we got involved with yourself at the time. We've done one already this year um and yeah I, I i to be honest that that sort of got me thinking and then we bumped into each other in in cardiff and uh we just had a brief conversation so yes it's just an opportunity to have uh, an overview of the sport what's going on domestically and internationally um and just an opportunity for for people to tune in and just hear maybe slightly different viewpoints and uh, opinions on what's going on in the sport um and it's just something that I think that um, I'd like to think that people will be interested in hearing and to see what's, uh, what's really going on, you know, and a bit of a backstory to, to what goes on, because obviously I think uh, a lot of times that's what people are really interested in, why something happened or what's going on here. Not, not dishing the dirt so much, but just the story sometimes around a result or around a performance or why this happened. And, um, uh, from you know, it won't be all the time. It's going to be when we feel it's it's absolutely you know there's plenty to talk about. So, and there is right now, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a bit. And uh, well, the man who's going to be joining us very very soon is is very much in the thick of it. Dan Bewley, what a story he's had. Of course, not originally being part of the the GP setup, getting that call to uh, to come in when when the Russians were um, excluded from things and um and then from there you know, no real expectation upon him but obviously expectation on himself so it's going to be interesting to hear his his side of things and and also for for you kelvin that gps are something you've been around for for a long time and now they've changed hands discovery are now in charge of it it's this so-called new era of, of the grand prix um how's it been for you overall so far the the grand prix series and what are your thoughts on it well, it's it's a, it's a really interesting time, you know. A, a changeover of the rights holder is always going to be of interest. Um, you're never quite sure what their ideas are and how they view the sport. And there's no question that they are coming from a different angle. Um, they've given it a facelift, and it and it looks different. And um, you know, they've invested heavily in in new pits and new lights and and the whole podium. It it definitely looks a bit different. I think that uh, the DSE team are beginning to understand the sport, and they need this year to understand it and really un- get under the skin of the sport. I think they've had, you know, they've had some meetings that have been super. I think they're beginning to understand, uh, particularly after Cardiff, that the stage, the track, is very important. Um, they've introduced racing like at the Speedway of Nations where we race on one track all the time. I'm not fully in agreement with that, but uh, nonetheless, they did get away with that. Um, but, none, you know, I'm sure that they will 
reflect on this season and, and maybe make a few tweaks to it and understand it a bit more going forward. Can't be easy coming in, can it? That you, you come into a sport that you've really hardly ever seen, that uh, you're taking over at the very highest level. Um, so, yes, I think that uh, this year is sort of getting their feet under the table to understand it and then make uh, some more improvements. They seem very determined to to move it forward. Like next year, they're going to be celebrating the the, uh, the centenary. Oh, I'm not quite sure what the word is, but it's 100 years of Speedway. Um, and they want to focus on that and, and promote that. And also they're talking about going to Australia for, for 23. So, um, yes, plenty of ambitions, plenty of, of new ideas. So we, we will see where that leads. And then your first point about Dan, obviously, yeah, he shouldn't have been in the Grand Prix. Um, but circumstances allowed that to happen. Um, no real preparation time for him or Jack Holder. And it's been, it's been really terrific to see both those riders growing in confidence and belief at the very highest level. And for young Dan, you know, clearly we've known that he's a super quick rider and he has lots of talent. The, um, the racing in Poland that he's had in Wrocław with the influences of people like Ty Wolfenden and Matzej Janowski, he lucked out a bit there because other teams didn't want him. And um, he, he got signed by Wrocław and they took the chance with him. And it's paid huge dividends because right now he's become a superstar in a very brief... You know, that, that is a concern. His, 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 his status within the sport has just literally rocketed. You know, people knew him, um, but he hadn't really done anything on the international stage. But by golly, has he done that now? So um, he seems a very level-headed kid. So let's hope that he can keep his feet on the ground. Well, Kelvin, I'm pleased to say he's here. Our guest has arrived, having won two Speedway Grand Prix back-to-back, including the British Grand Prix at Cardiff, the first British winner at Cardiff for 15 years, and uh, one of the first riders, of course, to book their place in the 2023 Speedway Grand Prix season, although he's currently standing third in the World Championship standings. He is Dan Bewley. Hiya, Dan. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Happy to join you. Well, thanks for being there and thanks for being our very first guest. And look, we were just chatting there before you joined us about um, how things are going for you. You know, two Grand Prix wins back to back. But obviously you started out your season you know, a year ago. If somebody said that you'd be a regular rider in the Grand Prix series and that you'd be third in the world, I think you'd be pinching yourselves. But when that call came for you to to, to join the the permanent um, lineup for the Grand Prix when when uh, you know the Russians were were pulled out of things. I mean, how did that really, first of all, change your plans? Because that's quite a big thing to to get involved in without you know very little notice really for yourself. Yeah, to be honest, it it didn't change a, a great deal. It was just um, you know just some added costs and everything with the GPs, and um, it was just to try and make sure. Obviously, we're going to do everything we could to to do it, but just to make sure we were going to be, you know, in a good position. But um, no, I felt like I had everything was prepared good this year. You know, the the goal was to try and qualify for the GPs and uh, you know do the best job I could in the league. So uh, you know, obviously, there's there's certain things you know that would have been nice to have more time and to prepare. But um, as far as equipment goes and things like that. As far as the bikes go anyway, and physically, you know, I felt like I was ready for it. Yeah, it must have been uh, a kind of a pleasant surprise in lots of ways because, you know, it was unexpected, of course. But um, 
you know, were there any thoughts in your mind that you were, you thought that you might not be ready? Um, obviously, you've had a couple of seasons riding for Wrocław at uh, a very high level, um, and you were getting knocking on the door. But did you have any reservations about sort of thinking, well, maybe, maybe I oughtn't to go because maybe it might be a step too far? Um, not at all, to be honest. You know, I, I kind of just thought. Um... You're either going to go good, or if you struggle, you're just going to learn from it. And um, you know, in the long run, it'll probably be probably be good for you. So, uh, you know, it was just to try and make the most of it and uh, just enjoy it. Well, you've certainly done that. There's no question about that. It looks like you've uh, you've had a smile on your face for the majority of the season, which is always great to see because no doubt that Speedway does have its ups and downs. You've had you suffered an injury a little earlier in the season, but. You bounced back in fine style. I think uh, your first meeting back, you went back to Legno. And uh, if I'm right, Dan, you can put me right if I'm wrong, but uh, you broke the track record at Legno, which is no mean feat in itself. So, you know, you, you recovered really well. And because and, I saw, because we worked together at Bellevue and um, you'd hurt your knee. But uh, you must have been chuffed to bits to be able to return after that break and be right back on top form. Yeah, you know, it was nice to be back and, um, you know, you never know fully how it's going to be, you know, coming back from an injury, but, um, you know, I arguably, you know, came back probably better than it was before I crashed, so, uh, no, it's been good and, um, you know, I think since I crashed my form for the rest of the season, it's been pretty good too, so uh, it's been, you know, consistent and just uh, steadily getting better. Didn't you break the track record this weekend just gone as well at Chester Hover? Yeah, on Sunday. <laughs> How many track records have you got now? Do you know? Oh, a few, but um, I'm not sure I lost count. <laughs> Brilliant. You're a very fast rider, that's for sure. And uh, we mentioned Gorjoff there. I mean, if we're reflecting on the on the Grand Prix series, um, Gorjoff was a, a meeting where possibly you came away from there a touch frustrated because you got so very close to making your first final just got outmaneuvered a bit in that that semi-final but after that meeting did you sort of come away from that feeling yeah yeah I can make finals and I do believe that I can win Grand Prix now yeah it, it did change a little bit you know I think um, from the start of the season in in the qualifying you know, I've showed I can go fast but um, you, that's not how you win GPs you know you've got to be you know, consistent, you know, racecraft and also starts and, you know, adapting with the track, with the bike. And, um, you know, in Prague, I felt like I was fast, but, you know, I wasn't consistently making starts. And, um, you know, I didn't feel like I was, you know, in a position to, to really win there, apart from, you know, I think on the track I was good, but just not so much from the start. But, um, you know, in Gorjov, I felt like I was making good starts. I felt fast and, um, you know, that was the first time, you know, I felt like I could win and, um, you know, from there, it, you know, maybe I didn't win and I didn't, didn't make the final, but, um, you know, it was the first time I had the, the feeling that I could do it. So there was quite a break after Gorjov because there's no Russian Grand Prix, so quite a long time and a big, long build-up to go towards the Cardiff Grand Prix and the Principality. Um I don't know if that helped you or whether that was something that was uh, weighed on you a little bit. But there's no doubt when I was walking around the streets of Cardiff, it just seemed that people just took it 
just that, that you were going to win in Cardiff, you know, that, that even though you hadn't made a final, that you were going to win there. And I know that you were interviewed and you actually said it yourself, well, I haven't made a final yet. So, you know, um, uh, I need to make a final before I can actually try and win a Grand Prix. So I don't know how you felt when you turned up in, in, uh, in Cardiff. Yeah, I certainly wasn't as confident as a lot of fans were for me, but um, (laughs) the way I was kind of thinking about it, you know, it's a pretty similar event to Warsaw and, uh, you know, I did kind of struggle there with the the track, you know, quite a bit with the, you know, bike setup and things like that, you know, getting used to the indoor stadiums and, um, you know, that was the only real thing I had to go off. So, uh, you know, I think it's, you know, a little bit of a different event indoor, so... uh, that was the only background I had, so it was funny that so many people, you know, they had pretty high expectations, but, um, you know, I think we learned a lot from Warsaw, and, uh, you know, what what we had was, was a lot better, and, uh, you know, I think it showed, obviously. Yeah. What, what are those differences? Because explain to us, you know, I've been to Cardiff a lot, I've been to the Naladovi, um, and when you've got a roof, you're effectively riding indoors. How does that affect you as a rider, the atmosphere, and obviously, very importantly, bike setup? Yeah, in Cardiff it was a little bit, you know, different. In there, it was just so hot; it was like a sauna, to be honest. But um, the big thing was, you know, in Warsaw, I just, um, you know, it's a GP, and you know, you, you know, you've kind of, you think you're gonna need your what you would, what people would say is, you know, your best equipment, but. Uh, you know, that just put us in a bad direction and, you know, you can only make your bike so soft at the end of the day and in Warsaw we just, you know, couldn't give it off enough and, uh, you know, just just learn from that, you know, we kind of knew after a few races that we were in a, in a gunfight with a knife and, uh, you know, we just kind of, you know, brought a butter knife instead of a machete to, to Cardiff <laughs> and it was a lot nicer. There was a lot. There was a lot made of the track, obviously, in Cardiff, Dan, and um, the you know the conditions I know weren't ideal, and there was discussions with riders. You know, we saw uh, Bartosz Schmarschlik, Leon Madsen, and uh, having discussions with Phil Morris, and you're kind of st- stood there on the periphery, kind of chuckling to yourself a little bit, and and sort of bring it on. What were the conditions actually like? Because you you were managing to ride it pretty well. You won the tournament that day. Um, a lot of fans have been going on about the track, and but obviously no fan has ridden that. You were out there on your bike. What were the conditions like, and and how did you have to say adjust your riding style, adjust your bike, or or anything else you did to to be able to cope with those those conditions? Because I think it's, it is accepted the track wasn't ideal, but obviously you uh, you made it work. Yeah, you know it's it's tough to say because you know depending on how your night was, it's obviously gonna you know I had a good night, so I'm obviously gonna. You know, obviously the track wasn't brilliant, but, you know, for me, I enjoyed it. So, uh, you know, my view is going to be different to some some other riders who might not have had as as good a night. But, um, you know, for me, I enjoyed it. You know, there were some ruts on the track and, you know, I felt you could use them and you could could get in them. And uh, honestly, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought the track in Tetra was a lot lot worse. So, uh, you know, but, you know, I would say that I had a good result. But um, you know, obviously it's not ideal. But um, you know, I think with the heat in the stadium and maybe some other other things, you know, there maybe wasn't a lot they could do. So uh, you know, obviously it'd be nice if we could have a 
you know, maybe a track that produced more racing. But um, you know, for me, it was it was difficult. One race I had behind, but at the same time, I didn't really think it was worth the risk in the qualifying heat to try and make a move. But um, you know, if if there was a chance in the final, I felt like you know, if you needed to, there were some options on the track with some you know different routes if you could catch them right. You know, to make some moves. But um, yeah, maybe no ideal, but for me, it wasn't too bad. You won the trophy for best overtake at Cardiff, though, so you must have done something right. <laughs> I can't comment on that one, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you rode superbly well, and quite clearly, you know, the, one of the major reasons why is because clearly you in you enjoyed it. You know, you relished the challenge of a, of, of a tricky track, uh, and quite possibly, you know, that that obviously it clearly affected other riders. Um, but there are world championship points up for grabs, aren't they? You know, you you you've got to go for it. You're at home. We haven't had a British winner for 15 years. Is that something you had thought about at all? Because you would have been a real youngster when um, Chris Harris won there in 2007. I don't know if you were there or you saw it or you witnessed it. But um, was that something that was going through your mind that you felt that it was about time we had another British winner in in the Principality Stadium? Um, you know, it wasn't to be honest with you, but. Um, you know, I just think you know it, it's cool that Bomber won it, and it's cool that I've won it now. And but you know, I, I don't think too much of you know the history that's gone on in between there. You know, I just kind of you know I support you know in the years gone by a bunch of different riders from you know a bunch of different countries. To be honest, so it's not something I think about too much. But you know, at the same time, it it is pretty cool, and I see you know with me and Rob getting back on the podium the last weekend gone too is the first time in in a long time too so you know there is some pretty cool things but um you know I, I don't think about it too much but it was an outstanding performance in the principality i know when you came out for the final i obviously talking over the draw for that final race in cardiff you came up and when you got that gate too you had a, a beaming smile on your face and uh, I know that Chris Louie alongside me said, well, you looked like you were pretty happy about the way that worked out. Was that the case? Because you did seem absolutely chuffed to bits that you got gate number two. Yeah, I was almost going to go for gate four in the semi-final. And, um, you know, I was just thinking maybe it's a little bit too risky. And I just thought, you know, you just got to make a half-decent start from the inside. But um, when I got there... I did I don't think gate one was the was that good really and uh you know I think I was actually in the semi with Patrick and he made it across me so uh you know when he left it for me in the in the final or however it worked out, you know, as soon as I seen it, you know, I thought, you know, that's the best gate so I was quite happy to get to get it and uh yeah, from from then on it just uh everything fell into place. It was your first final, uh at home in front of a big audience in the Principality Stadium, nervous times. You didn't look nervous at all because obviously those moments are key to success and proving yourself at the very highest level. You know, being on the start line there, you've seen the green light come on and you absolutely nailed it, you know, and uh, you must have been feeling good, you know, because that's a moment when you've got to your first final, you know, then actually then achieving in it. You know, how do you reflect on that? I know it was a wonderful win. It was a fantastic thing, but that really was the key to it. And and you didn't miss it. You made an absolutely textbook start. Yeah, 
you know, it was a little bit of a daydream, but, you know, the biggest thing I remember is just how hot it was in there and, you know, just getting to the start line and, you know, packing the route and, you know, you obviously want to give yourself the best chance you can, but, um, you know, I remember just getting back on the bike and uh, my heart rate was probably through the roof just from packing the route with the heat and everything and uh, it was almost, you know... (laughs) you know, a pleasure to, to sit back down and just relax for 10 seconds before the green light came on. So, uh, you know, that was the biggest thing I remember, to be honest, just thinking, you know, thank God I've you know, finished my route and can just uh, just chill for a minute and then, uh, then we'll bet we're on. So yeah, it was good. Talk us through that heat, though, as you remember it, because obviously you made that um, first turn and, and from then it was... It was a case. I mean, you, you you were well clear, but did you realise how clear you were? Obviously, you got you know Bartosz Schmarschlik and the other top riders of the night, top riders in the world behind you, and yet you've got clear air. At what moment did it dawn on you? You know, I've got this. You know, because obviously the fans are willing you on, but the fans are probably thinking, don't break down, don't hit a rut, don't end up in the fence, whatever. But for you, you're obviously you're in control of the whole thing, and I imagine that there was a point in that in that race you thought we're home here this is this is happening yeah to be honest i kind of had that feeling going down the back straight on the first lap but um you know i kind of thought the first two laps i just tried to to check out and just try and catch the roots out the corners and you know just check out a little bit and then um you know it was i seen bartek was behind me i think it was and i kind of thought you know um he probably wasn't going to do anything to to try and get me to be honest you know the position he was in is a little bit different to mine you know I've got everything to gain and nothing to lose so uh, you know he's you know in the midst of a world title fight and I was you know 10 for whatever so uh, you know after that I kind of looked behind and just kind of kind of cruised for a lap and then you know you start thinking you know you don't want to cruise too much and you know catch up catch a run and just you know lift and put yourself in the fence or something but um you know, to be honest, you know, after two laps, I just, you know, cruised a little bit. And then, uh, you know, come the last lap, you know, I was, you know, starting to celebrate in my head. But, you know, just kind of, you know, you want to keep it under control. You know, you you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. You still have to finish the job off. But, um, you know, on the back straight to the first lap, I felt like I had it. But, um, you know, t- it was two laps in where I thought, you know, this is it now. Must have been an incredible feeling, though. You, you cross the line, you've done it. The fire goes off as you, as you cross the finish line. The union flags are waving. The crowd are going nuts. You've got all your your team and uh, family and friends at the pit gate. You're getting the bumps. Must have been an incredible experience. Yeah, it was. And uh, you know, I'm not sure if anything really will ever compared to that. But um, yeah, it was a special night, and uh, you know, one I'll remember. And rightly so. I, I do know that when you were interviewed afterwards, you said that you got really sort of, you almost froze or you got tight on the bike um, uh, after a couple of laps. So I guess that was probably part of the, the sort of the realisation that you were going to win. Yeah, that's it. You know, come to second lap when you kind of, you know, you kind of know, you know, you've got Bartek who's the, the, you know, the leader in the world title, but at the same time, you don't expect any fight from him. You know, there's... You know, the way the track was, you know, I think he was pretty happy with second and, you know, obviously I was pretty happy with first, but, um, you know, when you've got mm. nothing really to push for anymore, when you've <laughs> just got to do two more laps, it, it's almost harder, you know, you'd rather, uh, 
you know, if you've got a push and go fast, and you might technically, you know, might be more risky, but at the same time, I think it's safer, you know, when you try and get the most out of a bike. So, uh, you know, but it all worked out in the end, and just just cruised it home. But uh, yeah, I think my last two laps weren't as good as the first. Well, we can forgive you for that. That's for sure, because you won in brilliant style, and it was a, a, a great way to finish. And so. It was a special night, and I'm sure, like you've just said, you're going to remember it for an awful long time. You'll remember it forever. So, and I think we all will. So it was it was great to be there and to see it all. Um, moving on, really, from Cardiff, I've got to say that uh, you then went on to Glasgow, um, where of course it was the GP Challenge, and you managed to pick up second place there. So um, I know that right now, with you being third in the World Championship, Glasgow and the performance there isn't the most important meeting that you've done this year, but there's nonetheless, it was still a, a good effort and kind of an insurance policy for you this season. Yeah, but that's the way I think about it. You know, you just, yeah, it's like, that's it exactly, you know, an insurance policy. You know, I really hope I don't need it and, uh, you know, do everything I can not to need it. You know, try and, you know, battle to, to finish as high up as I can this year, but... Um, you know, if something happened and we did need it, then you know it's nice to have that security too. But uh, you know, it was a it's a it's a tough meeting that you know it's a one off uh, meeting, all one heats, and um, you know it's tough for everybody. You know, it's the one chance in the year to to make it. You know, if you're not already in the series, and um, if you miss out, you're going to wait another twelve months. And uh, I've done the meeting, you know, last year, and I missed out, and. Uh, you know, I know what it, it's like to to wait after you know waiting over twelve months. So it was you know nice to get a good result in that meeting. You know, I almost feel like those one day ones they're almost you know tougher than a GP to be honest. Yeah, they remind me of the individual world finals where it's it's all or nothing effectively. But uh, you came through that in flying colours. So your form is rock solid, and uh, as you say, it's uh, it was nice to have done that. Moving forward, then. Coming back to another home track, effectively, your home track in Poland, in Wrocław. Um, there's got to be a lot of expectations because you're the talk of the town. You know, the winning Cardiff has put you on the map big time. Um, and everybody, sort of a lot of people, again, expecting you and presuming that you're going to do well and you're going to, uh, to win uh, at your home club. Uh, fabulous stadium, terrific track. Of course, you know it inside out. Um, did you feel any any extra pressure going into that meeting because of what you'd achieved in Cardiff? Um, not really, you know. I think it was more the opposite. You know, you'd kind of you'd won one, and you you felt like, you know, if, if people expect you know predict you to win, you know, you feel like it it's deserved. You know, um, you feel like yeah, you know, they could be right. But to be honest, you know, there wasn't. I didn't really feel like many people had me tipped to win in Rostov. You know, I think. There's a lot of you know riders that other people had as favourites, and uh, you know rightly so. I've watched it, you know GP a lot in, lot in Roslev, and uh, you know there's some riders that's very quick there, and uh, you know it's a track where I think you know most of the riders in the GPs, you know probably one of the favourites in the series, and uh, you know it's a, it's a tough one. I feel like. Arthur Schmarzlik in particular has an outstanding record in uh, in Wroclaw, and you've got to say that he was probably one of the pre-meeting favourites. He started in heat number two, and he had a real dust-up with your mate Robert Lambert, and uh, you kind of set the uh, the Grand Prix alight there. 
Um, did you enjoy that race? Um, because there's no doubt that Robert had a disappointing Cardiff and probably was feeling that he really needed to get his campaign back on track. But uh, you, you thoroughly entertained me in that race. Well, how do you reflect on heat number two? Yeah, it was, um, you know, to start the night off, we, we had a, you know, a rerun and, uh, you know, I was quite happy, you know, just to make the start twice. So I think I did anyway. And then uh, the second time around to, you know, it's cool to, to battle with Rob, but at the same time, you know, you know, whoever's in the race, you know, with, you just want to get the points to, to make the semi. So uh, it was just nice to get three points. But, yeah, you know, ride with Rob in Sweden this year. And, uh, you know, it's it's not very often that we, you know, race against each other, you know, just in, you know, obviously in the GPs. But, you know, you get a league meeting, you know, twice a year in, in Poland. So uh, you know, it's I think it's one of the first times that we've actually, you know, had a, a bit of a race to, against each other. Yeah, well, it was certainly an exciting heat. Um, what happened then? What happened then, mate? Because um, uh, for whatever reason it was, I do believe you changed your bike during the evening, but it looked like um, you kind of fell away. You know, you only scored two more points from the next three rides. You must have been, you must have been a touch concerned after that. Yeah, not really. But um, to be honest, in the first race with Rob, I didn't feel that good. You know. Um, it was strange in the practice, and then you know in the practice I was quick, but um, just felt a little bit off. You know, the we ride there all year, and you you know to be honest, it's I don't think it helps having it on your home track. You know, I've had one engine that I've used all but one meeting in at home this year, and uh, that's what we started the GP on. And um, to be honest, the way the track was prepared, it was you know completely different to to anything I've ever seen there. You know the the base was a lot, uh, a lot harder, and um, you know when they put the water on the track, it, you know normally it's a, it's a, the base is a lot softer, and when they water it, you know it's still it's grippy, you know even after the water. But um, it was kind of icy on the top, and uh, it, you know it didn't really you know build up you know material, and there wasn't as much grip as normal. So I just kind of struggled with that early on, and then. Uh, you know, we just we tried some things that you know normally works, and uh, it wasn't. So we just changed bikes, and uh, you know I think I ran a third the first race on it, but you know I instantly felt like uh, you know I made a good start just from four. I didn't quite get across tie, and uh, you know ended up at the back. But um, you know we came in and just said you know just leave it. You know I feel like I can win the next race on that, and. Uh, you know, that would that would have been enough to make the semi-final. Yeah, it was uh, nail-biting stuff really at the end there though, Dan, because obviously you did have to win that last race and the inside gate was was successful through the evening, but we all do also saw that if you got pinched off of, you know, the guy on gate number two, if he pinched you going into that first turn, then you've got to wait. And then of course you're so vulnerable to those guys that have got the speed coming off the first corner from the outside. So... You must have realised that you needed to get away sharp in that last ride. Yeah, I knew that, but at the same time, you know, I was pretty pretty confident. You know, when we swapped bikes, you know, it was a third, and you know, people might, you know, you might look at that and think, you know, there's nothing to to be too optimistic about that. But um, you know, I honestly felt like uh, I had something really good, and you know, I was pretty confident for the rest of the night from that point on, just to. Uh, just to go out and you know, I had I knew I had the right equipment, so uh, I was 
you know, pretty confident that you know, it was going to be good. Gate three in the semi-final then, because um, you just crept in on eight points. Um, not too many race wins from there, but um, that first turn in the semi-final, crikey, all just worked out lovely. And clearly the confidence in the bike after changing, it just come off that corner. It was like a dream. You must have been so pleased with the way it drove out of turn two on the opening lap. Yeah, you know, from the moment I dropped the clutch, it, it seemed to be working. And, um, you know, I actually I watched the replay back and uh, you can see I was you know trying to come across over to gate two and the bike just wanted to go straight. So, uh, you know, I was wrestling with that yeah. on the way to the first corner. But, um, you know, it was, you know, just sometimes things go your way and, it, you know, just a little bit of a hole opened up for me coming off the bend and uh, we just went for it and uh, you know, just... Just, uh, you know, sometimes doors seem to open for you and sometimes they don't. But, um, you know, it felt like, you know, later on in the meeting, things just started coming towards us. Yeah, well, you were in the right place at the right time. And, of course, you, you make those decisions in the pits and uh, to change bikes or make the right setup change. And it's, it proved to be. So two consecutive finals, Ian. Pretty special times, these are. We've seen the man in the, in the Principality. Um can he do it again? Can he do it again coming out in the final? I've got to say, um, uh, there were a few shocks, of course. Schmarslick dropping out um, in the semi-final. That was Ty Wuffenden, who'd finished so strongly with that start off of gate four in his last qualifying heat. I was a little surprised that he went for gate four in his semi-final. That proved not to work out for him. But how did you feel coming up to the tapes then for your second final? Because obviously... You know, you're looking good. You're in the fourth in the World Championship. Were you concerned about Leon Madsen at all? Because Leon, Leon had been pretty quick all night. Yeah, you know, not really, to be honest. You know, I just tried to just focus on myself. And, uh, you know, I was just happy with uh, how everything was. And, to be honest, once you make it to the final, it's just, you know, anything can happen, really. It's just... You know, you make a good start and you can win or you can make a bad one and you can be at the back, but, you know, you still have four laps to try and change that. But, um, you know, it's it's a, it's a tough one. You know, you got the four best guys from from all night. So, uh, you know, it's the hardest race of the night. And uh, But, no, it just, you know, everything went well and, uh, you know, I was pretty happy with the start and everything. And, uh, you know, from, from halfway down the back straight on the first lap, it was just... Um, you know, just kind of keep going and put some solid laps in and just try and clear off. Well, that proved to be the case. And so you won for, you know, the first rider this season to win back-to-back Grand Prix because it's been an extraordinary season with, up until that point, we had six different winners and six Grand Prix. It's been quite a topsy-turvy season. When you reflect on 21, when Laguta and Smarslik completely dominated it with five Grand Prix wins each. Um, you've now had two finals and two wins. Um, how do you reflect on the win, the win in Volkswagen? Obviously delighted, but you know to do back to back Grand Prix wins, you know that form and you're riding on the crest of a wave in front of your home crowd. You've done something that Ty hasn't done. You know how I presume it's sinking in, and you've ridden since. Um, looking back on those three weeks and those three events, you must be you must be very proud of them. Yeah, for sure, and uh, you know, obviously, I don't think it, you know it would never compare to Cardiff. You know, being the first win, but um, 
it almost kind of meant more to me in the fact that you know it was on a on a track that you know I think's really equal and uh, it's a track that you know I feel like there's you know everyone can uh, can win there and uh, you know for me it was you know pretty cool you're on you know, a level playing field and uh, to get the win again you know Cardiff was special but at the same time you know there's you know, there's a lot you could say about that, but uh, you know, in, in Rosslav, I feel like it was a level playing field, and uh, you know, to back the first one up too, and, you know, to prove you know it wasn't just you know that you you know you're good on a rough track, you know, you can do it on any track. So uh, you know, it almost meant more to me, but at the same time, you know, it never compared to to the first one. Sure, it proved that you weren't a flash in the pan, Dan. One track corny. <laughs> No, that was that was brilliant, Ian. I know that we wanted to talk uh, sensational run of form. We wanted to talk to Dan a bit um, about other areas. Obviously, you mentioned Northside up in uh, Workington. There, yeah. I mean, obviously, people will have heard about the Northside track, and and um, obviously Workington, um, a big area for Speedway historically, uh, and you know, going back over the years, and people know Carl Stone here, and. You know, it was massive then, and of course, Workington won everything there was to win one year, and and then folded. Um, but now, uh, Northside, which is a, a training facility or has been a training facility, and one that you're very close to with with Steve Lawson, and and they're the building this new track, and it's it looks amazing. And um, I know the plan is to get Speedway back in that part of the country again very very soon. But you've ridden the brand new track, haven't you? So tell us a little bit like what it's what it's like and, and uh, the importance of Speedway in that part of the country. Yeah, you know, first of all, I think as far as British Speedway is concerned, it's you know, it's awesome to to have another track opening. But um, you know, for me personally, you know, it was it's a huge shame that you know work it closed. You know, you know, especially after we won the league and everything, and you know, for the area, it's. It's a huge blow, but um, you know I feel like the people that's running the show down at Northside or you know working in Comets now that you know they're really good people and they really want you know the best for the sport and you know for the area and uh, you know I feel like they're doing some pretty cool stuff there. So uh, and you know just to have another track we can ride and you know when I'm at home you know they're pretty much you know hopefully they'll give me an open key and I'll be able to go and you know spin some laps you know more or less any time and uh, you know it'd be awesome so uh, it's cool but at the same time you know I think as for other riders too you know they're gonna you know try and get a lot of practices there and uh, you know I really think it'd be good you know to bring they'll probably hopefully bring on more riders and you know I think they'll have a really good impact on the sport. Now I know a lot of people who know one or two things about speedway tracks they'll say it looks great but you've actually ridden it and incidentally, I think you rode it on your way to to qualifying for the for the Grand Prix for twenty twenty three. Um, what's it like to ride? Is it is it as good as they say? Yeah, it's it's honestly, I think it's it could potentially be the best racetrack in the world. You know, it, it'd be funny because you know I think hopefully they're going to be in the National League next year, but um, it'll be the best National League track you've ever seen if everything goes to plan. You know, it's it's kind of. It's hard to say exactly, but it's you know a little bit like Bellevue, but a little bit tighter. You know, you have to turn a little bit more, but you know it's like it's like Bellevue with some character. You know, it's it's got something about it. You know, you go, you know, there's just so much more to learn. It's like Bellevue and Swindon mixed together, if if that makes sense. You know, I think some people will get where I'm going with that, and uh, you know, I think there's just so many options there. It it could be pretty cool. 
Yeah, it does sound good, you know, because obviously, you know, we don't, we've seen a lot of tracks close over recent years. So, you know, it, it's it's a real positive when, when, when people are prepared to put the effort in and they've got the enthusiasm to uh, relaunch the sport in Workington, because as you rightly say, Workington cleaned up and then they closed. And so that was uh, desperately disappointing at the time. It didn't, you know, I, looking from afar, it would seem... Uh, almost uh, unbelievable that Workington could pretty much win everything and then they don't open the following season. So it's a great effort by all concerned to get that place up and running again and hopefully they can make uh, a lot of progress over the next few years and come into the professional ranks as well. So from the sounds of it, Dan, it sounds like the track is going to stand up, that's for sure, and people will be looking forward to go there. Um you love riding bikes. I know that um, uh, you ride a bit of motocross and you do all sorts of things. So you're an all-round motorcyclist. When was when was that first interest in motorbikes? When did you really sort of like um, uh, start riding? At what sort of age? Yeah, you know, it comes from my dad, and uh, you know, I don't truly know what age, but um, just I can remember just certain things like, you know, he's always had bikes and just things like, you know, sitting on the fuel tank and going out for rides with him when I was, you know, really young. And then, you know, from there, I I think my first bike was a Honda 70 and, uh, you know, just riding nice and, you know, nice and easy on the beach. And then, you know, from there, you know, started racing motocross. So, uh, you know, it, it's been a while, you know, been riding a while, but, um, you know, just just from motocross really originally from my dad and uh you know it was pretty you know good in Cumbria back back in the day you know we had so many you know good tracks back then and uh you know sounds old saying back then but you know what's changed in the last five to ten years a lot of tracks have closed but um it really was you know a pretty cool area back then and the decision to come away from motocross because obviously it was a great foundation for you to to learn your skills as riding Motocross. I actually did the same. I rode schoolboy motocross for some time, and then made the switch onto a speedway bike. Well, what was what was the reasoning and what was the thinking behind that to sort of change tack and go in a different direction? Yeah, um, it was a funny one, to be honest. And uh, you know, I always rode at Steve's Steve's place, you know, on the motocross, and uh, you know, he built a little speedway track there too, and you know, he had an old bike in his barn but you know where it truly came from was that you know I was it was coming last season on an 85cc and uh, had to make the move to 250s and you know I really wasn't big enough to to move up and you know I was racing the British Championship and you know if I if I would have moved up you know I could have rode the bike but you know the chances of racing in the British Championship and stuff like that there was no chance, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't big enough at the time, and, uh, so it was just kind of to look for the next thing, and to be honest, it was to look for the next thing to do for, you know, it wasn't a permanent thing at first, you know, it was just something to try, and just see if you, see if you liked it, and, uh, you know, just something to move on, you know, from motocross to, and, uh, you know, it, it just seemed to go really good, you know, instantly just, you know, took to it, and, uh, you know, a month later, it worked out real good, you know, speedway season was ending and, you know, Rusty Harrison, he was retiring, so, you know, got a bike from him, you know, Steve just kind of knew all the right people and, uh, you know, before I knew it, I had a bike and everything and, uh, you know, went from going to motocross meetings to, you know, 
going to Scunthorpe in the winter and doing the winter series. So, uh, you know, it just all kind of progressed, you know, pretty naturally, to be honest. You know, it all just fell into place. But, um, you know, it wouldn't have happened, you know. It was a pretty, you know, coming from, you know, kind of working in the area, you know, you've got, you know, obviously you've got Craig Cook, um, who's still, you know, in that area. But, you know, you had Ryan and, uh, you know, Rich Lawson. He's from you know, two minutes down the road from me. And so, you know, I've obviously seen all of them, you know, come from motocross to, to Speedway and uh, to watch it. But, um, you know, it wasn't something, you know, Cookie would always tell me to, you know, try it. But, you know, it honestly wasn't something... I ever thought about until you know just after you know fifteen sixteen. Well, you quite clearly took to it like a duck to water. Um, I did something quite similar actually. I was riding motocross, and then literally when I came out of the schoolboy ranks, going into the the adult racing, the races got more than twice as long, thirty five minutes. Um, I think that then I was a bit slimmer than I am these days. I was about nine stone wet through, and I had exactly the same issues. They dumped me on a 250 or a 500 and said, right, you've got to get on with it. But when you're riding against guys that uh, are just built like brick shit houses, I mean, crikey, you, you got halfway through the race. You can make a start, you get halfway through the race, and the next minute you're just running on empty, and it, it just was torture. And uh, I kind of fell out of love with it for that, and possibly you had a similar scenario. Yeah, you know, for me, I, I never fell out of love with it, but... Um... You know, I finished the season on on the eighty five C season. Pretty much, you know, stepped off one, you know, straight into the other, and you know, pretty much started, you know, racing some amateur meetings and you know, doing some laps at Steve's, you know, straight away. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of, you know, I never stopped riding. Just, uh, just moved on to the next thing. But you know, I still move motocross and you know, still ride pretty much, probably now more than. Uh, I did when I actually raced, so, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. But it goes from, from one extreme to the other, I guess, with you, Dan, because I noticed that when you're in Poland, you, you seem to be doing quite a lot of golf. How's the handicap going? Because I, I see that you're uh, you're out there swinging the clubs with Greg Hancock and uh, Matt Sajanowski <laughs> and whoever else seems to be free on the uh, on the afternoon. It seems quite quite a, a chilled sort of polar opposite of, of how your weekends go. Yeah, we've got we've got a few regulars to be honest at the Rosslav Golf Club, and uh, no, it's good. But um, yeah, my handicap, not so sure to be honest with you. We had a few good holes and a few good rounds, and uh, had a few shockers too. So uh, you know, just I would say just steadily improving. But um, I seem to have hit a little bit of a wall recently. <laughs> and and has the time on the golf course with Greg Hancock helped you? You're gating in any way because he seemed to be sharper out of the traps, or or has that been down to like practicing and stuff? Because obviously that goes on quite a lot in in Poland, doesn't it? They they do sort of put a lot of emphasis on on practice for riders. Is that something you've had to do a bit of? Yeah, you know, it, it's all in the backswing. But, um, <laughs> no, I actually, you know, I haven't actually practiced much this year in Poland. To be honest with you, um, you know, r- riding in Sweden and. You know, to be honest, I felt like my equipment was pretty good, you know, in the league, and uh, I had some some big days practicing and testing some stuff. But uh, t- to be honest, I can't remember the, the last time I had a practice was probably two months ago here in Rosslab. You know, I honestly don't know if it helps me. Um, once I feel like I've got everything set up, um, I feel like you just, I feel like I get to the point where I'm just doing laps and 
I don't know. I feel like I'd rather race or, or ride a different kind of bike. And I feel like when I ride something else, I feel like it helps me on a on speedway or you know on a different kind of bike. I feel like they all help each other. But I think I just get to the point where with speedway, I almost like to to come to the meetings, you know, when it's it's fresh. You're not, you know, it's you're not. I feel like practice it can just um, you know, it loses its edge a little bit. So. Uh, I don't know. I I don't practice as much as some riders, but you know, at end of the day, maybe maybe I need to. But um, you know, maybe that's something that will change. But for me, I like to come to the track, and you know, you, you know, you're excited to get on the bike. So that's that's just how I feel right now. But you know, obviously, that's something that could change. Yeah, I think you just won two Grand Prix back to back. You're third in the world. I think I think you can probably afford to, you know, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. I just just before we maybe just look at the last few rounds of the World Championship, um, Dan, I, I wanted to ask you a question about Steve Lawson. Um, Steve clearly has been an instrumental figure in your young career. Um, just tell us a little bit about how Steve's influenced you, helped you uh, to this point, because I, I don't know Steve well, but he seems a really smashing fella. I've seen him, obviously, he was working with you all throughout the racing you did with Bellevue. Just, I think, uh, I think that people would love to hear what um, what that relationship's all about. Yeah, you know, Steve's been huge for me, to be honest. You know, from, you know, from, uh, it's funny, because when I was racing motocross, you know, I often, you know, I'd go around his a few times and, you know, watch a few Speedway meetings. But, you know, I wouldn't say we were, you know, he was, you know, one of my dad's friends, but you'd kind of be there and, you know, it's it's different, you know what I mean? But um, when I started racing and doing Speedway, you'd be, you know, much more involved and you, know, you kind of became friends. And, and um, you know, I honest, I feel like sometimes with Steve, he don't need to say anything to me. I, I just know what, what he's feeling or he can just look at me and, you know, there's no need to say anything. You know, it's either good or if it's good or if it's bad. You know, I, I know exactly what what he what he wants to say, and he don't need to say anything. So, uh, you know, I feel like we have a you know pretty special relationship. But um, I honestly, one uh, just a cool little story. I can remember the first. Uh, I think it was one of my first meetings. We went to you know to Wolves, Mon McGreen. It was you know, Bellevue National League versus Cradley, and. Uh, I uh, had a decent meeting. I think I got double figures and uh, I cleaned James Purchase out. I went for a dive bomb, but you know, I'd seen Darcy do it and uh, was the first time I'd ever been behind somebody. And I think I did make make the move, but just um, you know, parked it in front of him and, and he ran into the back of me. But uh, it was fully my fault. But um, you know, broke a few things on the bike. But you know, coming from motocross. I was working out, you know, oh, you know, I think I made like 160 quid today and uh, I was pretty happy with it. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, but you smashed your helmet, you broke two mud guards and bent a set of handlebars. <laughs> and we ended up being minus like three at all. You know, he always, you know, can bring me back down to earth. But, you know, at the same time, you know, he's, he's helped me a ton and, you know, a lot, a lot of the things that, well, pretty much everything, you know, he's taught me. You know, it's still uh, still something I think about today. That's lovely. And uh, quite clearly, he set you on the right path. I think, um, uh, as I say, I think when you talk about him not having to say anything, it's almost like you read each other's minds. And so that's 
that's pretty special in itself. I think that's very rare. And and uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to mention that because clearly he has he's played a big role for you. Um, we'll look at the last three rounds of the World Championship. You're in third in the Grand Prix series, which is a fabulous achievement. Looking like you're going to get a medal this year. You've got Voyans, Melilla, and then we finish the series off in Torren. Um, you've ridden Voyans recently in the Speedway of Nations. Looked like a track you sort of settled in pretty well. You will be familiar now with Melilla riding in the Swedish League this year. That um, If it doesn't rain, um, it's generally pretty decent track. So what are your thoughts sort of uh, on those last three rounds? Yeah, it's tough to say. You know, obviously you just want to, I would say, keep improving. But you know, it's it's hard to improve on the last two, you know, results wise anyway. But um, you know, the last the next two tracks, you know, Miller, I went pretty good in the in the league, and then uh, you know, in Voyans, it's you know, it's a little bit more of a you know technical track. You have to turn the bike there. But um, you know, when we were there in the Speedway Nations, it it got pretty deep on the outside too. So. Uh, you know, I think they're two good tracks, but the two tracks where you know you you got to be on top of your your getting and make some good starts too. And uh, you know we've we've been doing pretty good at that recently. So uh, just uh, you know try and you know read it well and get off to a good start, and uh, you know hopefully finish the season out strong. Yeah, Torren obviously you'll know well as well. Back in the extra league, um, it's the traditional track where the the, the Grand Prix season finishes. I don't know um, how you feel about that, but clearly it's uh, it's a great celebration in Torrance. It's a nice town. It's a decent facility. Um, is it a track you like? Is it a track you enjoy riding at? Yeah, I, I like Torrance as a city. You know, I, I spend a lot of time there. It's where I go riding motocross a lot. But um, you know, the speedway track, it's one of my favourites to ride. But um, it's one of those tracks. I think it's tough. You know, you can feel real good there, but. You know it can be hard too, so uh, you know it's a bit of a special track with a, you know a special curb on the inside, and uh, you know it, it'll be different there racing as an individual compared to a team. I feel like so, uh, you know we'll we'll see how it is, and uh, you know I do look forward to that one too. Kelvin, you you uh, obviously used to ride at Bradford, and and Torren is is based on Bradford because Per Jonsson designed it, didn't he? And he, he based it largely on the Bradford dimensions. So you'll. You, you, whilst if you've not ridden Torren, you, you'll, you'll probably be able to have that similar experience because that's what they say. It's, it's very, very alike. Interesting you should say that because I actually um, used to do the track reports talking while I rode round uh, at the Grand Prix. And I did, I did uh, a track report from Torren. And I remember um, I always was absolutely shitting myself because I'd have probably half a dozen Grand Prix riders looking at me going round and round and round. And I didn't want to drop it. Um, and I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to not embarrass myself when I was out there. But I do remember coming. I, I sort of started. I did a practice start on the back straight, like you do in qualifying now, and then came round over the start finish line and went roaring into the first corner and very nearly clouted the pit gate coming out of that second corner. Because what I didn't appreciate, Ian and and Dan will be with me here. If you run in fairly narrow there, fast. The actual exit at the corner, the track comes back at you, and it's a really late apex. And I got it completely wrong, so I'm doing a massive locker coming off a of turn two, panicking. Um, uh, I wasn't commentating at that moment, 
um, because I didn't have the breath and I was literally <laughs> just in survival mode to miss the safety fence, which I managed to do. So it is a tricky one, actually. And that, that wasn't the same, quite the same as Bradford, Ian, actually. That, the, the corners at Bradford certainly turn three used to come back at you a bit, but there's no doubt that first turn, the first and second corner at Torren, it is a tricky one. You can run in wide and then get a, a, a run off the banking and really roar down the back straight, but then you leave yourself vulnerable for somebody to dive up the inside and block past you effectively and kill your momentum. So in front, you know, there's always that uh, doubt in the back of your mind. I don't know how you feel about that, Dan, but that was something that did actually catch me out there, and that, that is sort of a, quite specific to Torrin. Yeah, exactly, and uh, I feel like unless you can just break the gap a little bit, um, you, you almost have to ride with a, a little bit of a compromise into the first bend. You know, you probably want to come in wider, but you know, you, you just have to compromise a little bit just to get off the corner. But um, you know, it'd be different to see the the tracks in the GPs. That you know, that generally I think they're a little bit different to in the league race, and so uh, you know, it, it could be it could be a little bit different. And um, you know, for some 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 GPs I've seen there in the past in Torrent, it seemed like the track road rode a little bit wider than uh, than in the league race. You know, the track grades are a little bit more spread out. So, uh, you know, I think it, it should be good. And, you know, in the GPs in Torrent, the, the racing always looks good. So, uh, you know, hopefully it's a, a fun night and uh, another good one for me. Yeah, well, let's hope it is and that you can finish with a medal. I'm sure you're excited about the prospect there. I, um, uh, I know that uh, everybody in, in Britain is. Um, I... Um, I'm not sure if there was anything else we would like to talk to you about. I'm sure we could go on all day, and I, I, I don't know if you've got something on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, just just a question to ask about British Speedway, really, and um, I guess probably Bellevue being the club in question, because um, Mark Lemon's already discussed in the past about how they were hoping to get you in, in the team uh, for this year, and that didn't work out because of the restrictions and stuff. Um, is is 2023 likely a year where we'll see you back in, in British Speedway once again? Or um, what's your thoughts on that? It's tough to say, to be honest, because, you know, I would like to, but um, the way the position I'm in now, it, it's um, if I ride in Sweden next year, I already know what the league's going to be and uh, pretty much what the format's going to be versus, you know, to ride in England, you know, it's still, you know, a little bit questionable what the what it what I'm actually signing up for. You know, how many meetings you're going to have. You know, what team is going to be in the league, and uh, you know, it's a little bit more up in the air at the moment. So, you know, I don't know what's happening there. But um, you know, as far as the restrictions go, um, to be honest, you know, if if I if I could ride England and Sweden, um, I don't think I would ride both. Um, if I'm honest, um, you know, after this year, I think. I've seen the the fights that, that, that you know, likes of you know Max and stuff's doing, you know, doing free leagues, and uh, I'm not sure if I'd want to do it to be honest. So it would be one or the other for me, more than likely. You know, maybe if I rode in England, if I could do a few meetings in Sweden, maybe I would do that. But um, to be honest, it would be one or the other. But um, the main thing is just to to find out what's actually happening in England for next year and to see where where everything stands. But um, just I've just had a great season in in Sweden, and uh, we're just going into the playoffs now. So uh, yeah, everything's good there. But you know, you know, it's it's hard to say fully at this moment. You know what I'm thinking, but uh, yeah, I could be open to to either or. You know, 
for me at the moment, it's pretty 50-50. But, and and as the other question would be, uh, obviously, you're heading into a critical time now with the Grand Prix, which is something that you probably weren't imagining at the start of the season or a year ago, not something you were planning on, whereas you can plan for that for next year because you know you're in the Grand Prix series but you also didn't plan to be <laughs> lying third in the in the Grand Prix series at this point in the year with Poland now winding down for yourself with with Roslav how do you keep yourself sharp you know going into these big 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 meetings now that you've that you've got left at a time when the regular meetings that maybe would keep you sharp uh, are starting to wind down a bit yeah you know for me I, I'd feel like that's one of the better things, you know. I can, I feel like I can just turn up and, you know, get on with the job, whether whether or not it's been, you know, two days or two weeks since the last meeting. You know, sometimes I feel better when it's been two weeks off, not two days. So, uh, no, just try and do, try and keep on a bike, you know, you know, ride some motocross. But um, to be honest, we've got, you know, four meetings in Sweden to go with the playoffs, and uh, it's got the European Championships as well. But uh, you know, if we get a few days off, ride some trials or some motocross, and just do some training, really, and um, you know maybe do a few more laps at Northside if I'm if I'm back in England. But um, yeah, just 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 keep it going, really. We've still got a lot a lot left, so uh, you know it's a month left in the series. But I think I've got you know could possibly be twelve meetings left, so uh, still a lot to play for. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess on the upside, it's it's fewer meetings. Probably good from a you know avoiding injury point of view. Keep yourself fit. You're not bashing yourself around. We're seeing a lot of riders now with collarbones and other you know prangs that have maybe mounted up over the course of the year. So from that point of view, I suppose it's not a bad thing to give yourself a rest as well where possible. Yeah, but to be to be honest, I just think about it. You know, if you get injured, you get injured, and it's just part of the game, really. But uh, you know, it can happen at any time. So uh, you know, if if it happens, it happens, and you just got to live with it but um you know hopefully it doesn't but uh just just carry on as we were and just you know try and it's the playoffs now coming up in sweden so just try and you know have some good ones there and put a good result in for the team yeah absolutely and and share with us a, a moment if you will from your season that we haven't seen you know we've seen the celebrations when you won in cardiff and all the uh, and, and Roslav and everything like that but tell us something that that we wouldn't have seen about one of those performances that maybe makes you smile a little bit and gives you a little chuckle um there's been a few but uh i'll just give you this one because it might help me in the future so uh actually after two rides in Roslav. I had a pretty big week on the motocross bike the week gone by and I was kind of thinking maybe I overdone it because I was a little bit tight. My shoulders were a little bit tight and uh, I had a pretty big day on the beach on Thursday. So two rides in, I was kind of thinking maybe I'd done too much. But, um, you know, towards the end of the night, I uh, I don't regret my, my choices and uh, maybe it was good. So uh, we'll just keep doing what we're doing and uh, maybe just do... You know, five laps less next time. <laughs> Keep the shoulders a little bit fresh. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Well, I think all the very best to you, and and I think everybody listening to this will will share that as well. That you know what a terrific season you've had and exciting times. You know, you you've got this confidence now of, of knowing you can do it. You know, there are riders that that go through their entire careers and and don't achieve what you've done in the last fortnight. Uh, you know, and and now for you, you know, kick on and keep relaxed and 
and enjoy it i think because i think there's 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 exciting times ahead yeah thank you and you know as far as what you just said about you know some riders and you know about the last two weeks to be honest you know the, the way i look at it um you know i watch a lot of riders and a lot of riders from from the years gone by and uh you know when i watch myself i don't see a rider that i feel like um is as good as you know certain riders that you know would now have, have won less you know i feel like there's a, a hell of a lot to improve and to neaten up and uh you know i feel like the goal for this year was just try, to try and learn and get as much as we could to for, for next year and the years after but um you know i feel like my riding's getting better and uh you know obviously it's more consistent but um you know there's certain things that you know i'd like to improve and just neaten up a little bit and uh some mistakes but um yeah, I think it's a tough one with Speedway. You know, we judge so much on our success, but I feel like there's been some some riders out there that they've rode the bike incredibly well and done some really cool stuff. But um, you know, end of the day, it all comes down to you know people only remember the last race of the night. But um, you know, there's been some incredible rides, and in, you know, that were outside of the GPs or you know just not in the final. So uh, you know, there's some great riders out there and. Uh, you know, maybe I might have won two GPs, but you know, there's some riders that, that haven't won two GPs that I still see as uh, a lot better on the bike than me. Well, that's uh, very humble of you. Very humble of you indeed, and I'm, I'm sure that um, that will resonate with them. But uh, no, it's um, smashing. You know, I I I think that uh, to give you time today has been fabulous. I really appreciate that, Dan. That's that's really kind of you because I'm sure everybody wants to talk to you right now you've got uh, I presume you are in Sweden that's a Swedish bike are you going to do the uh, the big shop in the bike with the bag on the the basket on the front there I think I think that might look pretty pretty cool going down to your Lidl in wherever you are um, uh, not quite sure what uh, your diet is out in Sweden but um, no thanks ever so much for joining us mate that's uh, it's very kind of you no worries thanks for having me and there he was gone, Dan Bewley on Tatum Talks. Kelvin, what did you reckon to our, our little meeting with uh, Dan there? Yeah, it was lovely, you know, and I think what um, what comes across from Dan Bewley is is uh, how he, how level-headed he is because he's he just seems to be taking it in his stride and not getting ahead of himself. You know, these are heady times for him. Um, and as I say, you know, so many people talking about him want to talk to him, you know, he... He very kindly agreed to join us this morning, which was terrific. He's got a little bit of time on his hands, which obviously helped. But nonetheless, um, you know, he might not have wanted to have chatted to us. But the way he spoke about, you know, um, every time we spoke about, you know, when he rides his motocross bike or he's at Northside and doing all these other activities, he had a smile on his face. So, you know, he's got that youthful um, uh, enthusiasm to ride. So... Um, and I think that's paying big dividends. So, yeah, I'd like to think that people, when they when they listen to him, they get a little bit more of a, an idea of the man himself. Um, but there's no question he's the real deal, isn't he? You know, he's, he's somebody that um, has burst on the scene. He had a very bad crash a few years ago. Um, I don't know if it was at Workington or while he was riding for Workington. And there were question marks over whether he would get a full recovery, but he clearly has. There's a steely determination in there. He loves winning. He loves racing. And um, as I say, from a Great Britain point of view, we've got a new superstar. And um, it's uh, long may it continue. 
Yeah, it's exciting times for for British Speedway, you know, at the world stage and that semi-final um, at, at Roslav at the weekend. Of course, you know, the the three British riders, Woofie, Lambert and Bewley versus Bartosz Schmarschlik in that one. You know, it's it's a long time since we've been in these uh, these situations where where we've got riders, you know, we've had British riders. They haven't always got to that stage of the meeting, but then for, for them to finally, and then to have two British riders in a final, first time in, you know, a, a long time, I think, since, um, you know, the days of of Mark Loram and, and, and so on, wasn't it? So it was, you know, it's a, it's been a, a while since yeah. we've been in this situation and great riders coming through behind him as well. Exactly, and, and Robert Lambert rode really nicely in, in Wroclaw and as you rightly say, it was slightly unfortunate that we had three in the same semi-final because um, one of them was always going to drop out and, you know, it was a, 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 a you know, it was a tough lineup, of course, and with Smarslik missing out, of course, and, and Wolfenden, um, it was an, a great performance by the two younger versions uh, coming through to the final. And I was pleased that Robert made the rostrum because, you know, you have a great night, make the final and then finish fourth. I sense you trudge back to the pitch sort of feeling quite sort of deflated because you haven't got that moment to really celebrate with the other two riders. So, you know, for him to steal that third place away from Janowski was was a fine effort in itself. So... But no, I, I think uh, we're, we're going to have plenty to talk about Dan Bewley because I just think that his, the way he is, I don't think that he allows himself to get over-excited about it. There will inevitably, this winter, when all the dust settles and we build up for 23, what he's already achieved this year, there's inevitability there the focus will be on him because people will immediately think, Ian, that yeah, he's going to be world champion this year. He's going to do it, you know. Um, right now, he said it in the early part of the podcast, he has everything to gain and nothing to lose. And that's a, a privilege right now, and that's something that he's riding that wave. Um, next time around, it, it's slightly different because obviously he's, he's established himself this time. And so we're in September now, the next Grand Prix, round eight will be at Voyens in Denmark. And uh, so you'll be heading to that and, and we'll get to see uh, how Dan goes there and how the rest of the series um, moves on because uh, getting to the, the action end of the the whole tournament now. Yeah, it is. Uh, and Voyens, uh, the Speedway Centre there, um, we keep our fingers crossed that it doesn't rain. It does rain quite a lot in that part of the world in September. Um, but um, nonetheless, if they can get the track right, then we'll be in for a, a terrific night of Speedway. Um, you know, Bartosz Schmarzlik slipped up a bit in, in Vlotslav. He's got a 16-point lead. Still a healthy lead, but I, I sense that um, he won't want to do that again. If Leon Madsen gets his act together in Voyens and can put the pressure on him, um, we could have a bit of a grandstand finish. He did it, you know, in 2019. He pushed him all the way, and he only just squeaked over the line in the end. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, looking forward to that. Hopefully it's a, it's a great night of Speedway. And then we've got back-to-back, haven't we? We've got a week later, we've got Sweden in Melilla. So, you know, yes. no time to uh, think about it. You're going straight from one GP on to the next. So um, uh, busy times for these guys and very important times. Because not just for the World Championship. You've got the all-important top six where it's so tightly congested behind the top three. You know, good performance can really change. Look what's happened to Lambert. Lambert all of a sudden has turned his fortunes around and is looking good for a top six. So, um, yeah, there's plenty to focus on. 
A lot of twists and turns to come yet, um, but um, I think that probably takes us to the end of our, our chat today, but hopefully you've enjoyed the first episode of Tatum Talks. Um, if there's anything you'd like us to talk about in particular in the, in the future, by all means, drop us a, a message on social media and uh, we, can, um, we can look for those. Hashtag them Tatum Talks. We'll have a look through there and uh, we'll do them. There's a, apparently there's a rapper in America who's got a, uh, got a podcast called Tatum Talks as well. So, you know, we, we could always um, be the first podcast to merge Speedway and Rap, Kelvin. I don't know if you're, you know, spin that baseball cap <laughs> around the other way and we, we could, we could, uh, we could uh, have it all covered. There we go. I think I'm now ready for the rap <laughs> speedway combo. Um, uh, so, um, uh, yeah, I, I think that, that that could well just gel beautifully. Um, uh, whether we'd have any other common ground there, I'm not so sure. I don't know too much about rapping, and I don't know if our Tatum Talks rap man knows too much about speedway. But, no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, uh, to have Dan on was a real a real plus and a real bonus for us. And uh, I thank him once again for his time. But, uh, no... Um, looking forward to doing a few more as well, and we'll get uh, into uh, get our get stuck right into what's going on domestically, particularly with the playoffs coming up very shortly. Yeah, we're back with another one very soon. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us and there's anything you'd like to talk about, either from this episode or anything to discuss on future ones, do get in touch with us on social media. You can contact Kelvin. He's on Twitter and uh, Kelvin's handle if you like, is uh, at Kelvin underscore Tatum. I'm at Ian Brannan, and you can hashtag stuff Tatum Talks as well. Hashtag Tatum Talks, and we can pick it up on there. Whether that's about this particular episode or anything you'd think we should talk about in future, it'd be great to hear from you. So, um, hope you've enjoyed it anyway. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe on whichever app you're using so you don't miss any future episodes. And we'll join you for the next episode of Tatum Talks. Thank you.